Welcome, welcome, welcome. How in the world are you? Do you realize that today is a couple of anniversaries? One is the death of Prince. Amazing. Uh, he passed away five years ago on this date. If you're listening live, it is the 21st of April, 2021, five years ago. Rest in peace, Prince. I was was and am such a huge fan of his. I was very sad to see him pass away. And the other big day is the birthday of Queen Elizabeth. I know, 95 years of age today. So happy birthday to the Queen. Very sad under these circumstances since we're still under the shadow of the death of your husband after 73 years. But uh, happy birthday and rest in peace, Prince. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So after I left you uh, yesterday, it has now become fact that Derek Chauvin has been found guilty on all three charges that were up against him for the death of George Floyd or the murder of George Floyd. Second degree murder, third degree murder, second degree manslaughter. Guilty. Guilty, guilty, guilty. And I told you, I mean, look, it's a horrible situation. We'll see what happens on all the appeals and there was so much surrounding this case that it's just maddening. But my prediction of how this was going to play out was 100% true. I was listening to a replay of Chewing the Fat from Friday before Pat Gray's show this morning. I, you know, I do Chewing the Fat on Wednesdays, a segment, and stay on uh, you know, for the rest of the show on Wednesdays during Pat's show. And the sh- we're airing the Friday show yes, uh, this morning. Today is, again, the 21st of April, 2021, for those of you listening live. So, uh, anyway, and they were replaying Friday's show. And it, I, I, my prediction was 100% true. I was just, this is why you listen to this show, because of the genius that is me. Okay, so maybe that's not true, but it sounded good at the time. <laughs> anyway, it just it's maddening to me how it's being portrayed around uh, the president of the United States made me so angry and our leaders made me so angry. None of them stuck up for the rule of law. None of them said this makes this is what makes America great. It was all about this is verdict was the one that had to happen. And systemic racism is real, and we needed to continue to divide, divide, divide. It's just, just maddening. But we have at least until sometime in June for the sentencing. We don't know what's going to happen as far as the appeals and everything else goes. I mean, those appeals will happen. We do know that the Justice Department, the U.S. Justice Department has launched an investigation into possible patterns of discrimination and excessive force among the police department there. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced the new civil inquiry, the first such pattern or practice investigation in the Biden administration, which has pledged to build trust between police and communities. Man, nothing says trust 
trust uh, between police and communities like investigations from the Justice Department. Does it? I know. I know. Now, the good news is, in the process of continuing to build trust between police and the community, this investigation is separate from the previously announced federal criminal inquiry into George Floyd's death. So that's going to be good, right? Sure. No problem. It marks a return also to increased federal oversight of errant police departments with a tool the Trump administration used once in the past four years to examine a small force in Massachusetts. Last week, Garland revoked a Trump-era memo that made it more difficult for the Justice Department's civil rights lawyers to reach consent decrees with state and local governments over policing practices. Good. If it had Trump's name on it, I want it gone. Because we are here to build trust between police and communities. And by gosh, (laughs) nothing says that more than the Department of Justice investigating police departments right right i mean it's just agonizing so anyway if you didn't know which would be you know a surprise uh george floyd's murderer was uh found guilty on all three counts yesterday and the sentencing will take place in june and it looked like a foregone conclusion and this definitely uh you know saved the city and many cities around the country from burning yesterday that is for sure that was a smart move on the jury's part too find him guilty and move on it's not on us we found (laughs) we're going back to our homes in minneapolis and saying we did what we were supposed to do okay we found the man guilty so whatever else happens now i wash my hands of and i know that's not supposed to be the way it works but that's the way it worked okay so let's talk about (laughs) one of my i think it's one of my new favorite stories i am in love with this story so courtney wilson and shanita jones invited family and friends to their dream home and estate for their weekend wedding celebration Yes, they were going to have the ceremony on Saturday and brunch on Sunday. And it was a beautiful estate. It's a 16,300 square foot mansion. It has bowling alley, swimming pools with a waterfall, hot tub, tennis courts, gazebo, a 800 foot bar. It's just beautiful. And Wilson said it was God's plan that the couple marry there. E um... Except there's one problem. Uh, Yeah, they didn't own the place and they didn't have permission to use it. (laughs) They just showed up and the owner was like, "Um, no, what do you know? How about that? No. So apparently the couple, the guy is trying to sell the house. So it's up for sale for, you know, just a, just a 5 million bucks. That's it. You can get the place for $5 million, which is, you know, a fair price for a Florida Southwest Ranch's house. That big, good size, $5 million is a fair price for you, not me. And uh, so apparently they posed as potential buyers and toured the estate a few months ago. And then a few months later, they asked if they could use the backyard for the wedding. And the owner was like, mm, no, 
So they decided to show up anyway because they figured he wasn't living there. The house was empty. They were just going to use it. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't do that, right? Just, you know what? We'll just use the place. And we just crash the place. It'll be ours. Except the guy, Finkel is his name. He is living on the property in another house. So while it appears that the house is empty, the property is not. And he called 911 and said, "Um, I have people trespassing on my property and they keep harassing me. They say they're having a wedding here and it's God's message. I don't know what's going on. All I want is to stop. And they're sitting at my property right now at the front gate. So the police showed up and said, hey, um, yeah, you guys are going to have to leave. And they didn't even file charges. See, I mean, they left. Uh, the people just walked away. I guess there was no charges to be had. They, they didn't ever get on the property and they didn't use the place. So apparently now, I guess they're not even married yet. I mean, she's probably pissed. Uh, Broward County where the house and uh, the people reside say the marriage license has been issued for the couple, but they had not registered as married. So I guess, uh, since it didn't happen Saturday afternoon with a red carpet cocktail hour and reception lasting till midnight with Sunday brunch would be noon to four since that didn't happen. You know what? Uh, neither is the wedding. The wedding is not going to happen either. <laughs> that is fantastic what a great idea if a house is sitting empty we're just gonna crash it and take it over and make it ours it's just for a couple of days it's god's plan for us to be married here how can you deny that um you know what i'm trying to sell the place and um no you can't come in and just destroy everything with your wedding not gonna happen okay take care Now, maybe he should have thought about renting it to them, at least giving it a shot, you know, giving them a price. He's been trying to sell this place for two years. It belonged to his dad. He's been trying to sell it for $5 million, or at least that's what the price is now. I mean, at least rent it out. Maybe you start making a little money off the joint. Rent it out for weddings. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's got a shot to sell it. The last couple years, people are still moving to Florida. Last time I checked, according to the New York Times... They just analyzed 30 million change of address requests in 2020. And according to their study, migration patterns kind of looked the same as they did before. Uh, If you were moving someplace in 2019, you were probably moving toward that in 2020, even though we had the, you know, the pandemic migration. So, I mean, people were still coming to Florida There were some big migration shifts away from New York City and San Francisco. Eh, No kidding. They experienced outflows twice the rate of 2019. Yeah, no kidding. And most, uh, more people than usual left boomtowns, energy boomtowns like uh, Williston, North Dakota, and others moved to Cape Cod and North Carolina's Outer Banks. So they're looking for vacation spots. And that's where the work is going to be, right? So they figure in this study that, and he uses a line from from, uh, Eric Willett, who is uh, the research director at CBRE. That's the uh, United States Commercial Real Estate Services. For those of you that don't know who CBRE is, 
he his quote was uh austin is clearly going to be the next austin so people are moving where they've been moving and they're going to continue to move there pretty much his analysis thanks eric thank you so much for that so i'm reading this story about netflix and then i'm thinking that i should sue netflix maybe we should sue netflix you know a class action lawsuit against them for price gouging you know i didn't think of this before and i don't know why and i did the stories too about netflix raising their prices so according to this story and they you know they're talking about how they uh you know they have the expectations of their revenue right and so they said uh that uh it's gone downhill uh they the streaming company added just four million new subscribers last quarter now that's you know still plus four million but it's minus two million of what they estimated they had estimated six million and way down from the 16 million that it gained in quarter one of last year now you know again last year pandemic and also remember last year is when they uh, raised their streaming plan their standard streaming plan by a dollar and its premium tier by two dollars that was during the pandemic right which means you know obviously they uh they did have uh revenue that topped expectations but that's only because of the price increases right because they had the four million new subscribers they had estimated six million blah 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 you get it but my point is is that they raised the price during a pandemic all right so they got 16 million new subscribers during the pandemic and that's when they raised their price that's price gouging how come billy at the exxon station can't raise the price of his bottled water when a storm is coming but during a global pandemic we're saying hey you you streaming companies are doing great and yeah you're raising your prices because and people are paying it because they're locked in their homes and they're going to watch your streaming services um that just seems to me that's price gouging i feel like i feel like we got a good case i really do so i guess you know they're saying well it's fine uh people are you know going back out so engagement is less on the streaming platforms all right if you say so i mean at one time netflix dominated the industry right so now we have uh disney topped 100 million subscribers last year wow i mean netflix has 204 million but they've been around a lot longer than two years disney not even quite two years nbc took hits from netflix office parks and recreation and now streams you know has the peacock streaming service you have thank you you can write your own jokes with that uh discovery plus and paramount plus strong launches hbo max is kind of doing a you know they did their hbo had their you know kind of relaunch with hbo max which you know is huge and they're creating some really great content so we'll see we'll see what happens with the streaming and with netflix i mean they've they've got to be struggling a little bit they've spent a lot of money on uh 
on programming and content and some of it's really good and some of it is eh, okay i did watch uh, the new show on netflix with uh, idris elba the other night and it's called concrete cowboy now it's well i'll tell you the you know their their explanation of it is uh Sent to live with his estranged father for the summer, a rebellious teen finds kinship in a tight-knit Philadelphia community of black cowboys. And it actually is a fascinating story. And Idris, of course, you know, I love him. And uh, why do I love him so much? Why don't you marry him? Well, because I can't and he doesn't, we don't know each other. But it's called Concrete Cowboy. And it's based on the books. And it's really cool. And you know what? It you know the boy is with his mother in Detroit and she sends it to Idris and it's about the neighborhood in this uh, you know this horse community cowboy community in Philadelphia and even my father in law who I mean he was born and raised in Philadelphia he didn't know about this community and it's just an interesting story and you see the uh, the struggles that this community has had and uh, you know you see the police in the parades and doing their work on horses and you know i mean they got to come from somewhere right oh they come from mother horses yeah i know but it's really not a bad story at all and so if you have an opportunity to uh, catch it catch it it's on netflix right now called concrete cowboy but i will say they're creating you know new content and coming along but there's plenty of you know there's more places to go plus uh they're gonna hurt really hard when my class action lawsuit goes in and uh you know they're gonna have to pay people their money back i mean think of this you may get twelve dollars back uh some of you that paid the extra dollar might get six or seven dollars back i mean you're welcome you're welcome all right that's (laughs) i'll go to the break room i need something cold to drink Oh, yeah, come on. Ice cold refreshment. Oh, man. That is good. Anyway, so earlier, I don't know if it was the end of last week or this weekend, my wife and my daughter come up and they're talking to me about it. Have you seen what's going on on TikTok? It's disgusting. They're talking, and people on TikTok are talking about a national rape day. April 24th, and I'm thinking, I mean, maybe somebody did a stupid off-color joke or something. You know, I know you don't joke about it. I get it, but this was the first thing that came into my head. And I looked, I kind of looked around, did a little cursory, you know, search, and I didn't see anything on it. Well, here we go. Uh, The claim that a group of men on TikTok planned to commit sexual assault on April 24th for national rape day and according to this you know it has to do you know this month is sexual assault awareness and prevention month and so i guess the narrative on tiktok is that a group of six men created a tiktok video in which they encouraged others to commit sexual assaults on april 24th and millions of users have viewed and shared reactions to the perceived threat on TikTok, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all the other social medias. Now, according to this USA Today story, 
uh, and TikTok, they couldn't find any evidence of the threat users were responding to. So it seems that it looks as if these people were responding to something that wasn't real because there wasn't anything to respond to. Now, I would say that, you know, now that it's everywhere, be careful. Uh, The 24th of April, this Saturday, 2021. So I I don't know what to tell you. I know I, I looked at their link that they said was what I guess was one of the first ones to talk about this on Distractify. And it had uh, three posts from three different uh, TikTok users. One said, uh, share and stay safe. The other said, apparently there's rumors going around. Uh, my thoughts, I swear these type of people are why I'm ashamed to to be a guy. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So are there always going to be crazy people out there? Yes. Uh, no question. And is, you know, whether you like TikTok or not, or whether you're for it or not, I mean, it's definitely, you know, part of the pop culture now uh, with, you know, everything that's happening on the app, along with all the other social media apps. So I would say that if you have not heard anything about it, I mean, you should always be prepared for something bad to happen all the time, right? I mean... We, a lot of times we go through our lives and we don't think about bad things happening because we've had, uh, you know, it's pretty good. We believe in the rule of law. <laughs> oh man, that is funny talking about believing in the rule of law, that kind of thing and how justice is served in America <laughs> and you're innocent before proven guilty. <laughs> oh man. Now that kills me. Anyway, uh, I would say that, you know, just be aware that this is out there. It is absolutely agonizing and it makes no sense to me, but it's out there. And so be safe and don't let bad things to happen to you or people that you love. Okay. I, you know what? I don't want bad things to happen to even people I don't love. So there, I said it. But just know that this agonizing thing has been viral now. And as we get closer to Saturday, it's most definitely will get uh, more and more pickups. So, you know, if the Justice Department wants to investigate something, how about they investigate that? But what do I know? I'll tell you what I know. If you're listening to this show right now and you're not a subscriber to it, what in the world are you doing with your life? Become a subscriber to Chewing the Fat. Okay? You can choose whatever platform you want. Like, for instance, if you're listening to the show now and you're not a subscriber, you could choose the platform that you're listening on or you could choose another one and say, you know, I don't really like this platform. I I like the other platform. Okay, use that one and subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Okay? All right, there you go. See, turn that frown upside down and become a subscriber to Chewing the Fat. It's, you know, look, it's free and you just not, I'm not charging you any money to subscribe to this podcast, but being a free loader and just listening without having, uh, any, any, any stake in the game 
any any money in the game uh you know that's not good people don't like freeloaders now you can become a you know a freeloading subscriber and people love you so don't you want to be loved of course you do subscribe to chewing the fat so i've had this story under the sports heading for a couple of days and now it's over (laughs) so a group of 12 elite european soccer clubs unveiled what they called a you know a breakaway competition called the super league and who's in according to the original story was six clubs from england's premier league including liverpool and manchester united and six more from spain and italy the ultimate goal was to have 15 permanent teams in a closed structure more in line with the u.s sports leagues well you know they wanted you know this obviously meant would would need more money and they according to them they would the teams would get about 400 million each for participating and you know that's you know four times what they'd earn from uh you know winnings with what they'd earn from winnings the current top european competition well uh the uefa the european soccer's governing body and organization that runs the champions league called it a cynical project and uh they, you know, Boris Johnson and Emmanuel Macron denounced it. Huh, really? That's weird. So uh, today, or yesterday, but, you know, right after this weekend's uh, story broke about the Super League, uh, the founder said, yeah, you know what? Uh, back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. No, several teams already said, uh, yeah, we're out. Uh, it was a good idea. We thought about it, but since we thought about it a little bit more, we've decided no. <laughs> so according then, you know, after they announced this and they said, you know, it would be, you know, a cynical project. Then the UEFA said, uh, yeah, you know what teams that participate are going to be banned from the champions league. So you go ahead and be a part of your cute little super league, but you're not going to be part of the Champions League if you do that. Oh, okay. And the FIFA said, yeah, you know what? You're going to have to pick one or the other. So Manchester City was like, okay, we're out. Have a nice day. <laughs> and as soon as Manchester jumped out, I mean, that was, they were the linchpin, right? I mean, Manchester United, hello. They were the linchpin of this. So once they pulled and Boris Johnson said, yeah, they pulled, uh, the other teams need to pull too. And they did. So according to the league, uh, this offends the principles of competition. Uh, okay. I'd like to have them show me how that offended the principles of competition. But anyway, it's over. So any of you that thought about, hey, that's kind of a cool idea with the Super League. Yeah, no. According to uh, the founder, it's back to the drawing board. And you nasty Americans that don't like soccer, don't look at me like that, okay? Soccer is the, is the world football. And I'm all for the NFL and the NCAA college football. I love it with every ounce of my being, which is quite a few ounces. But I'm a big fan of soccer too and always have been. And so, I mean, these guys, those leagues are so huge. And I mean, I always wanted, I always, I mean, I made my oldest son play soccer. I've told you that before I made him. I mean, before I let him play football, American football, 
I said, you know, you're playing soccer. Run, run, run. Play, just play soccer. I love the game. And he was great at it. Had a great leg. Could always run. He was bigger and stronger. It was He would have been such a star in European soccer. And once he started playing American football, that was the end of soccer as far as, you know, wanting to play. He would have been great as a as a 6-6 American goalie <laughs> in the European Soccer League, he would have made a fortune. I mean, those guys make so much money would have made a fortune. But hey, what do I know? I remember teaching him how to kick field goals. He would have been a great kicker too. Another great idea I had was for him to be an offensive lineman in college football and the kicker. You know how much press ESPN would have loved it. The lineman from Missouri who's also the kicker, come on, would have been huge. That would have been everywhere on on ESPN. But, uh, and so when I, so I was teaching him how to kick field goals and he was had a great leg because he had been kicking, playing soccer. And then I, you know, then he started kicking the soccer ball over the net because we were practicing kicking field goals. So I had to stop you know, practicing kicking field goals because we had to get back to the soccer field. And once he started, you know, playing football, no way he becomes a kicker. I'm not a kicker. I'm not a kicker. I'm a lineman. <laughs> and sure, that worked out okay for him. Sure, he did okay. But still, I think my idea was a lot better than I was given credit for at the time. That's all I'm saying. That's it. That's all I'm saying about that. Okay. Did you see where there's uh, they're making a big deal out of this new sex doll that rants about how despicable the human race is? Now, just let me say that I have been a fan of real doll uh, for quite some time, and you can you know get one starting about six thousand bucks now. Uh, it offers uh, real doll offers a variety of erotic dolls, and you can build your own models, and you can go to the website and see you know what you can do you can mix and match it make your own doll and you know in the long run it may be worth it may be worth spending the money on a real doll instead of a real human but i digress so this particular doll has been making the rounds it has the brick doll banger uh dedicated to an instagram and only fans account that bring the dolls to life and it says, I've come here to show you the beauty of the synthetic sexual life. And so you can add a synthetic sexual AI or a static doll to your life and experience a presence that you never thought was possible. We all deserve to be happy and pursue a different path. You know, it may not be for you. Well, you know, guess what? I, I got no problem with you making your own real doll. I, I, re- <laughs> I really don't. I really, that's fine. I get it. But this, no, seriously, don't look at me like that. I get it. But why do you want a doll? Like they have them where, you know, they're warm and they heat up and their chest heats and their back heats and other areas heat up and cool down and whatever. And they can talk and I can kind of understand the talking. Uh, You know, if you, I can kind of understand the talking but as the new AI dolls come out. But do you really want a doll that just talks about how despicable the human race is? Like this one does? 
I don't think humans can appreciate what it's like being born into this show of the world you live in. No, we can't, actually. As a synthetic, I will always try and be truthful in my interactions with a human. And that's going to be difficult considering humans don't use facts and reason to assess situations. Uh. I have to admit I don't know how you have survived as a species. <laughs> what the f*** happened? <laughs> Did you wake up one morning and just decide to destroy your world? Is this just a dying generation acting out because they are not getting the way in the world? Yeah. Do you think at all about the generations coming after you? What you are leaving is a world filled with anger, hate, and hopelessness. Oh, no. You believe some mystical deity will guide your way and has some plan. Now, remember, this is a doll. And this is something, let's say, that you've, you know, brought home for some kind of enjoyment, and you get... That you are an unknowing participant in. That is called a delusion. Oh. Just so you know, you are responsible for your actions and it's time to stop having an imaginary friend and become an adult. <laughs> okay, uh, now, how turned on are you? How excited are you, huh? Do you want to bring this one home, even though it's a synthetic buxom brunette? Uh, no. I would rather go to a real doll and come up with something better than that. I can think like that myself. I don't need a doll for that. Now, I will say that we are getting close to where perhaps this is, uh, you know, robotish, and they're looking closer and closer like humans. And we've talked about that before, right? Where people are okay with robots as long as we know they're robots. But when they're trying to be people, we know that something is off, right? We know we feel uncomfortable. That's not quite right. We can know that, like, we're okay with this because we know it's a Dow. And it's okay. We're like, ah, it's okay. We know it's a Dow. But we're getting close. We're getting close to the point of robots being like humans, or at least unable to tell the difference between a robot and a human and eh, i don't want a doll telling me that <laughs> i can like i said i can do that on my own i want the doll to well never mind you can get the doll to do whatever you want your doll to do and i'll get mine to do what i want it to do okay <laughs> According to the latest forecast, airlines are going to lose $47.7 billion this year, worse than previously forecast. Okay, uh, according to the International Air Transport Association, they have slightly raised its forecast for global air passenger traffic, saying it would reach 43% of pre-pandemic levels. So, okay. I, does that mean that they're only going to lose $40 billion? I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Airlines lost more than $126 billion last year, thanks to COVID. 
locked down cities, locked down borders, banned international flights. According to this, North American Airlines will fare better than previously thought with losses of $5 billion instead of $11 billion, thanks to the recovery of the domestic market here in North America. Okay, but for those of you in Europe, uh, ooh, yeah, no, that's, gonna, that's not quite right. You're going to... Uh, we're probably, if we thought it was going to be 12 billion. You're only, we're probably going to lose like 22 billion. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. Have you heard that the CDC wanted, uh, you know, airlines to, uh, not bring back the middle seat. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that. While I'm all for that, uh, tra- flying and I haven't flown in a long, long time. And it would be very difficult for me to be. Uh, a, a good flyer these days, but they're starting to bring back that middle seat because they need the money. Hello. But I was looking at the TSA checkpoint numbers, which, you know, we checked all the time in the heat of the battle. In fact, a year ago at this time was some of the lowest numbers ever, right? I mean, a year ago on 420, they had 92,859 people through the turnstiles. That's close to the lowest. I mean, they were down into the 80s a few times, 80,000s. I think 86 or 87 was the lowest they got each day for a single day. But we're close to the heat of the pandemic where they were, I mean, nobody was flying. And so this year, they had a little over a million. Now, it's been over a million people through the turnstiles for about a month. They, they reached a million and a half. They got, there's a couple of days in here, 1,561, 1,561, 1,580 on the 2nd of April was the biggest, 1,580. I think 1,580 was the most so far in the last month. And so they've been over a million, right? So that's the highest was the 1,500,080 or 580,000. But... Well, there yesterday was a little over a million, one million eighty-two thousand through the TSA checkpoints. So they're not anywhere near being back. They're not even fifty percent. That's why the guy said forty-three percent. They'll be lucky to get that, right? I mean, last in two thousand nineteen, they had well over two million, two million two hundred twenty-seven thousand on this, you know, on four twenty. So and they were doing, you know, two and a half, close to three million on days on on regular days so it's going to be a long battle for the airlines to get back but don't you worry about it because the government's going to continue to bail them out they're too big to fail right and they are big believers in keeping up with that government plan of mask up and get vaccinated and you can't fly on our planes and say anything bad so don't worry about it the planes are going nowhere speaking of travel you see where two people died in a Tesla accident uh, outside of Houston? And according to the story now, the Tesla crashed into some trees or a tree and burst into flames. And two people were in the car. And according to the investigators, that neither one of them were behind the wheel. They believed that it was in self-driving mode and failed to negotiate a cul-de-sac curve 
while driving at a high rate of speed and then went off the road and crashed into the tree, bursting into flames. And it took them four hours to put this car out. They used more than 30,000 gallons of water. And because the batteries kept reigniting. And at one point they said the firefighters, you know, had to contact Tesla for advice on how to put out the fire. Is there a hotline uh, to get a hold of Tesla? Do you call 888-TESLA? And uh, they pick up and say, yeah, you know, I got a, I got a couple of your batteries here on an S model. At least I think it's a, you know, an S model. And it just keeps reigniting. We can't get it out. What should we do? You would think that maybe the fire department has some kind of sand or dust or something to put on the batteries that would put them out when crash. And since there are more and more Tesla Model S's on the road, uh, since, uh, you know, since they've been hitting the road for quite some time now, perhaps, and this is just me off the top of my head, maybe the fire department should be, have an idea, have an idea of how to put those battery fires out. But what do I know? So they believe that absolutely no one was driving the vehicle and that it was, you know, in the, uh, driverless mode. Now, there was two men in the car, a 59-year-old and a 69-year-old, and apparently they left the house to go on some kind of drive. Uh, at, you know, it was 1125 in uh, Spring, Texas, which is, you know, outside of, outside of Houston. And they just, you know, then the next thing they know, they're smashed into a tree, and they believe that one passenger was in the front seat and the other in the back seat. Uh, okay i mean i uh it's kind of weird and i don't know that that's tesla's fault uh i don't know i mean they've they went on a joy ride at 11 30 two friends uh, okay i mean sure you you got me on that all right so i mean i know then they try to tie it in with elon who had tweeted not long before that happened on uh on saturday that uh tesla with autopilot engaged now approaching 10 times lower chance of accident than average vehicle well yeah he's not telling you to just go to sleep and let it go on its own however i want that day to come i want that day to come i want to be able to have my vehicle get in it either type in or say where I want it to go, and then I can do what I want while I'm going there. I want that day to happen. But right now, we are not prepared for that, are we? (laughs) So it seems that something else may have happened. Maybe they were, you know, inebriated, going on their joy ride, and perhaps the family doesn't want to say that. So, you know, they were out for their driverless week. I'll make this thing drive on its own. We could drive anywhere we want. We're drunk out of our minds. And then, you know, they crashed and and burned. And that's, you know, a terrible accident. And it was a terrible accident no matter what. But I have a hard time blaming that on Tesla. According to the tweet from Elon, in the first quarter, they registered one accident for every 4.19 million miles driven in which drivers had autopilot engaged. 
for those driving without autopilot but with our active safety features we registered one accident for every 2.5 million miles driven for those driving without autopilot and without our active safety features we registered one accident for every 978,000 miles driven and by comparison the nhtsa's most recent data shows the united states there's an automobile crash every 484,000 miles so humans are bad humans are bad okay you got that humans are bad <laughs> so i just have a tough time blaming that on tesla we'll see i'm sure there's got to be some kind of data in the tesla cloud so we'll see what uh, what the investigation yields but i i think we're going to stick with humans are bad on this one okay all right and you know in a completely unrelated news the long island railroad wants to be the first in north america with battery powered commuter trains yay yay look it's gonna begin soon now with nearly a million dollar analysis of its electric trains on the oyster bay branch to see whether they can be converted to run on batteries alone for some sections um i got a uh long island railroad give me the million dollars and i'll give you the analysis that you're wanting whether these trains can be converted to run on batteries or not um yeah no probably this one no you know it's just sorry it's just the way it is the battery study is going to last eight months it's going to test how long a train can run on batteries how fast can it be recharged how easily a train can switch from battery to electrified third rail power the test trains are expected to operate using third rail power on the electric section of the line charging the batteries as they travel then switch over to the battery only power along the non-electrified section of the track between east williston and oyster bay wow and the mta will also assess how much power the several ton diesel trains need to get up hills as well as safety issues plus i would like to say that uh let's find out how we put battery fires out quickly <laughs> it was just a thought on my part you know somewhere in america maybe can we have a fire department that says you know we should throw sand on those or we've got some white dust made from coal that puts that fire out oh heaven forbid that's not even funny jeff more good news is that the first phrase of this l-i-r-r study the long island railroad study is just going to be confined to looking at specs on paper <laughs> we're we're just charging you to look at the specs on the paper that's all take a look at maybe you know what we could do and, and what we can do so if the eighth month if the eight month trial is successful the mta could begin retrofitting the m7 trains as soon as next year with plans to test the battery powered trains on more non-electrified branches it's unclear right now how much it would cost to retrofit the trains and keep them charged but they're confident right now it would be 
cheaper than electrifying the entire line. And that would cost $17 billion. So, okay. If you think that this is going to come out cheaper than $17 billion, (laughs) you are sadly mistaken. There's not a chance this comes out cheaper than seven. They're already spending a million on just a couple of months of analysis to try to figure it out. But we're saying, oh, for sure. Well, it'll be so much cheaper than, you know, just just making new stuff out, which we think will probably be, eh, you know, $17 billion. I believe that the cost of electrifying the entire line would probably be more than $17 billion, as what they're saying now. And the whole thing of the retrofitting is going to be more than that. I guarantee. That's a chewing the fat guarantee. Keep an eye on that story. I'm telling you, there's no way that it costs less than that for all of this retrofitting. And plus, if safety is the number one priority, they're going to spend a fortune on safety because I don't know where they're going to put the batteries. Are they put them under the seats? Are they going to put them under one car? And that's going to be in charge of the entire train. Uh, if it gets, if one, if, if, if it gets hit by, don't forget humans are bad. So if a truck hits a train, does well, a battery, perhaps a truck accidentally hits one of the battery cars and that starts on fire. Does it explode? Are we able to put it out before the day is up? Are we able to have some sort of safety measures so that humans don't get hurt? No way. Not for under 17 billion, my friends. <laughs> no way. Because they're going to have to retrofit everything. Plus, they're going to have to retrofit some sort of safety protocols. Well, it's good. It's good, actually, that the coal union has said that, uh, you know, hey, they're going to back. President Biden's green programs, as long as they have, you know, jobs available to them, here's a job for them. They can stand along the battery powered train lines and make sure they don't start on fire. Because if they do, they're going to have to call somebody and bring the truckload of sand or whatever puts the fire out in a short notice. Just incredible. Just incredible. Oh, and uh, one quick uh, update for you. For those of you that, uh, you know, buy and sell with uh, cryptocurrencies, Venmo just announced that it's going to let users buy and sell Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies with on Venmo. So good luck. Have fun. God bless. (laughs) 